Hallelujah. Come on, let's magnify the Lord. Won't you magnify the Lord with me? Hallelujah. Let's glorify his name together. Oh, God, we glorify you to your name. We praise your name. Oh, God, there is power in praise. And I believe that when the people of God get together and they begin to praise the Lord on one accord, things begin to happen. God begin to move. Just like the day of Pentecost, when they was all in one accord. Come on, let's praise the Lord one more time together. Lord, we bless you right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. We're going to get ready to go before the Lord in prayer today. And one of the verses in that Psalm 34 says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all of his troubles, out of all of his fears. So whatever trouble you may be going through, whatever fears you have, this morning you can call upon the Lord and he hears you and he's ready to deliver you and to answer you. Hallelujah. Praise God. And as we go before the Lord this morning in prayer, let's always remember to pray for our pastors, brother and sister Rosen. Always lift them up before the Lord. Pray for their health. Pray for their strength. Pray for their well-being. Pray that God will keep them renewed and revived so that they can pour into our lives the things that we need from God. Also, let's remember Brother and Sister Spears this morning and their ministry. Pray for them. Pray that God will continue to bless them, bless their ministry, keep them with good health and good strength. Also, let's remember our missionaries. Let's remember Brother and Sister Tears, Brother Mike Washington. Also, let's pray for the sick and the shed-in. We know God is a healer. The Bible says that God heals every sickness and every disease. And also, let's continue to pray for the harvest. You know, let's pray for the hungry people, the people that are hungry, you know, and thirsty for righteousness. There are people, I believe, right now in this city that are hungry for God and that are thirsty for God. And those are the people that I want God to put in my path, those that are hungry for him and those that are thirsty for him. So let's pray that God will continue to place hungry people in our paths so that we can reach them for the Lord. Also, let's continue to pray for the nation of Israel and that God will continue to bless that nation and give them peace. How many of you need something from the Lord this morning? Amen. I believe as you raise your hand in faith, God is already working on your behalf. And this altar is open if you want to come and you want to be anointed with oil and prayed with right now. Let's go before the Lord together for these requests that I just mentioned. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. We praise you. We bless you this morning. We give you glory, God. For you are God all by yourself, oh God. There is nobody like you. Nobody can do the things that you can do. Oh God, all power is in your hand. And God, as we pray this morning in the name of Jesus, we pray for Pastor and Sister Rosen, God. God, I want you to bless my pastors. I want you to keep them strong and keep them healthy, God. Keep them with good strength. And God, put angels around them and keep them in all of their ways. And God, keep them renewed and revived and bless them. And oh God, bless their families, oh God, and their grandchildren. God, this morning in the name of Jesus, I pray for our missionaries. I pray, God, that you will bless the North American missionaries, the global missionaries. Bless brother and sister Tear and brother Michael Washington open doors and provide their needs oh God I pray for brother and sister Spears and their ministry I pray for their health and their well-being God oh God this morning I pray for the sick 
in the shed-in. I pray for all of those that need a touch in their bodies this morning. God, you're able to heal. You're able to deliver. I pray for a harvest of souls. I pray for the hungry. I pray for the thirsty, God. Oh, God, move on them today. Lord, help us to minister to them. And I pray for the nation of Israel. Bless that, the nation of Israel. Bring peace to Jerusalem. Oh, God, we ask these blessings in no other name than the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. And I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And be glad in it. Praise the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Can we give a shout of praise to the Lord this morning? Come on, somebody. This is the day. Praise God. You know, everyone in this room has something to rejoice about this morning. Things may not be looking well on the job. You may not be feeling well, but guess what? You were able to roll out of the bed this morning, so therefore, you have something to rejoice about. Let's give the Lord another round of applause and thank him. Can we honor him all over this building for his goodness, 
and his kindness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. It feels good to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning. Ooh, that sounded sorry. Let's try that again. It feels good to be in the house of the Lord. You felt that one, didn't you? It feels good. No, it's good when you got to get low on it. It's good. Praise the Lord. All of our guests in the house, we welcome you on behalf of our pastors, Rick and Alexa Olson. Thank you so much for being here this morning. We would love to meet and fellowship with you after service in our guest reception. So if you're able, uh, don't be in a rush. We want to get a chance to, uh, to meet you in fellowship. Praise the Lord. We're so glad that we have Brother and Sister Spears uh, with us this morning. Be ministering to us here in, in just a moment. And uh, I know that God wants to move uh, in this place this morning. So you're in the right place at the right time. In other words, you belong here. So, again, we are so glad to see you. I do have a few announcements to make. Uh, we will be having our new friends uh, luncheon, which simply means if you were a guest uh, this morning or if you were brought someone uh, to church this morning, you are definitely welcome to join us um, in our FSO, FOC, which is the brick building uh, here on campus immediately after service. And it's always a wonderful uh, lunch. So think about it. You're going to eat today anyway, right? So you might as well just hang around and, and have lunch with us. So we encourage you uh, to join us here uh, this afternoon immediately after service for lunch. I want to make mention also to our Holy Ghost uh, crusade for all of our uh, folks that want to be involved um, in that. There will be a meeting at 3.30 uh, this afternoon in that same uh, building uh, to join us for our Holy Ghost crusade. And also on Tuesday night, we'll be having international uh, Bible study, which is our Spanish, Portuguese, and English-speaking uh, Bible study, again, in this same building at 7 o'clock. We're having a guest uh, minister, Brother uh, Santi Jimenez. I've been butchering that all day. Jimenez, wonderful family from Miami. I encourage you to, to come out and be a part of that. And as, we, and as you know, uh, we're in the middle of a uh, remodel. So next week, uh, we will be uh, working on tearing up carpet in, in preparation for uh, the carpet being installed, and I just got word that our new chairs uh, have arrived, so things are happening. So all next week, we'll be having workday here at the church. We will not be having a service uh, in a traditional sense on Wednesday. However, if you're able to, uh, to work and able to be a part, uh, or if you're not able to work, the prayer rooms will be open, but for all our able-bodied uh, folks that are able, we will be here on Wednesday night uh, working and uh, fellowshipping and having a little uh, unconventional church, if you will. But we will be gathering here on Wednesday uh, in addition to uh, the workday throughout the rest of this week. So that's all the announcements I have uh, this morning. Uh, but I encourage you to look ahead in our Church of Pentecost app uh, for more details of things uh, on the horizon. Amen. Uh, if our ushers can go ahead and make their way. And if, you've already, if you have not uh, grabbed a pledge card uh, for our Save Our Children uh, fund drive, uh, there are a few more pledges uh, here. I want to say at last count, we're about uh, $4,000 away from our goal of uh, $10,100. Um, so I am encouraged that, uh, and I've already heard a few 
praise reports about folks grabbing uh, these cards and God uh, providing funding for the over and abundance of the card that they, they took. Uh, so be encouraged that God wants uh, to funnel this uh, small amount of uh, funds to you. So uh, if you're able and want to grab one of these during our offering, uh, please feel free uh, to do so. Let's go before the Lord in prayer, shall we? Lord, in the name of Jesus, we, we come, Lord God, this morning to honor you in your house. Here we are, Lord, in agreement that you have been so very good and faithful in our lives. So this morning, we come to say thank you for that goodness and thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. We invite you into our plans and we invite you into our finances this morning as we know that it's only you that teaches us to profit. So as we come to present our tithes and our offerings as our gift of obedience and sacrifice to you, let our giving be an honest reflection of your goodness and be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In your precious and holy name we pray, in Jesus' name. Can we put our hands together one more time and just honor the Lord and continue in song. God bless.
changed your life. Can I see your hand right now? Like you know you're not who you used to be. Oh, man, when I think about that and I think about all the roads I could have traveled, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that he drew me and that he gave me enough sense to respond when he drew me. Thank God for that. That's a miracle, y'all. It's a miracle and it's something to be so grateful for. And um, I have been practicing my Spanish, so I'm just going to try one thing. Um, he estado practicando mi español. Okay. <laughs> Jesús ya ha hecho tanto por mí que no puedo cantar yo todo. Close. <laughs> Jesus has already done so much for me, I cannot tell it all. Worship with us as we sing. He has already done enough. Yeah. 
Thank you, Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. It's good to see everyone in the house of the Lord. You may be seated. All of our guests today, we want to say again, we thank you for coming and being with us here today. Uh, I do want to uh, say a little something about the fact that we just had our district conference for the uh, state of Florida, and uh, Brother Tim Cole was voted and was put in as director of the children's ministry for the whole state. Brother Tim, stand up just so the guests know who you are. Amen. So that means we're going to have to step our game up here on our Save Our Children's offering. So that means that these envelopes need to disappear that are up here. Amen. And we're not talking about in the round filing cabinet. Amen. You know what the round filing cabinet is, don't you? Amen. And so we're so glad that uh, they recognize his uh, giftedness and have voted him in. And so we're excited about what uh, is going to happen through that. So, uh, you know, I just hate to tell you this, but the whole church got voted in. That means when camps come up and and all that, we, we're going to need you. Amen. So uh, <laughs> we just wanted you to know that. And uh, uh, so we're so glad that what that happened. I want to say also this morning, uh, you know, this month has been a month of having evangelists in. I just felt in the first of the year that uh, we needed to have uh, some other voices that God would anoint and bring in. So that's what we've been doing the reason I'm saying that is because there are some of you that are new in the church wonder if I ever preach here. Amen. And uh, the month of March, uh, I will be doing a series on the purpose of Easter because the last Sunday of the month is Easter. And uh, so uh, if you come back uh, one more Sunday, you'll hear me preach. Amen. And uh, But we are so glad that. We're glad that you've stuck it out this far. But we are so glad to have the Spears with us here today. And for those of you that are new, uh, my wife is one of five girls. Amen. Five girls. Amen. We always prayed for our, my father-in-law because he was the only male in the house. Amen. There were five girls, and uh, so Sister... Priscilla Spears is one of the sisters of my wife. She's my wife's sister, and uh, they are uh, doing work for the Lord, traveling around, inspiring people, and and uh, getting people to follow after the Lord. And uh, they pastored for many, many years, and so uh, they have come to a point in their life where they're not doing that anymore, and uh, they are out uh, spreading the gospel in another fashion. And uh, so we are so glad that they're here with us today. Brother Curtis Spears, come. Amen. Let the Holy Ghost have its way. Thank you, Brother Olson, and what a privilege it is for us to be here today with our dear friends and brother and sister Olson. Dear friends and relatives, 
We love them and admire what they have done and are doing for the work of God here in Jacksonville and uh, elsewhere. Yeah, Donald's just back, I found out. Wow. Such a privilege to be here. Thank you both for allowing us to come and worship with you. We have long admired what they have done for God and the beautiful church here. And we were privileged to be here last year. And now we got an invitation to come back again. Thank you so much for allowing us to come. And um, we were visiting Florida last year, snowbirding. And then we liked it so much, we decided to snowbird again this year. My wife liked it so much, we were riding around about three weeks ago, and she said, I, I think I could live in Florida. Then she said it a couple of days later, I think I could live in Florida. And I'm from Texas, and Florida is as far from Texas as California who wants to live in Florida or California if you're from Texas? Long story short, two weeks ago, we ended up buying a home in Tampa area. And so we become Floridians. We, you guys just treated us so nicely. We enjoyed it. And we're leaving Wednesday to take our RV back to Michigan and sell it and get all of our things out of storage in Louisiana and come down here and enjoy the hurricanes with you. <laughs> I was always afraid to live in Florida because of the hurricanes, and I said I would never be there. But I discovered the safest place to be in Florida in a hurricane is in a mobile home. That's all you have down here, mobile homes and RVs. I mean, they're everywhere. So the next time there's a hurricane, I'm just going to go to an RV park. I mean, they're on every corner. Thank you for allowing us to be here today. I want to share with you, with you something today, and I'm going to try to preach if I don't, this morning I will try to make it up tonight. If I don't, tonight I'll just exit out of town as quickly as possible. But I want to convey an idea and try to preach three different types of sermons today. I would read to you from a story that you have heard preached from many, many times in the book of John chapter 2. Because the story is so familiar, I will skip the story and go to the last two scriptures of it, which I have not heard emphasized ever in my short life. It's been a short life because I'm not very tall. John chapter 2. This, thank you for standing, and I'll dismiss you very quickly. John chapter 2, this is the story of where Jesus turned the water into wine. 
What happened after he did that is my interest today. When the ruler of the feast, I read verse 9 and 10, had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, this is what I want to emphasize, every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, when they are intoxicated, well drunk or drunk well, then do you serve the cheap stuff. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. When Brother Cole asked me the title of my sermon this morning, I told him it was called the Law of the Wine. And he said, the what? And when I told my wife I was preaching on the Law of the Wine, she said what Brother Cole said, what? He said, is that wine with an H? And so it might be better the law of the wine. So the law of the wine. I, I, I want to not be offensive today. So the first thing that I would do is offer a disclaimer to guests or visitors today whose choice of drink in the afternoon may not be iced tea. I would very sincerely clarify to you that I am not going to preach about drinking alcohol today. Okay? I am not here to preach against that. And I make that statement for the sake of those whose life pattern Custom, upbringing may have been and may be the norm. I do not want to be offensive, so I will not be preaching against you drinking alcohol. But for some of y'all who are members here, y'all know better. So, I don't want to be offensive, and, and so I want to clarify that. Just relax if that was your choice of beverage yesterday afternoon. I will not be condemning you for that. Okay? Boy, this sermon starts crazy, isn't it? The next point is I really don't know what I'm talking about today. Now your pastor's worried, both of them. Because the preacher in the pulpit is supposed to know what he's talking about. But I really don't know much about this subject. So now you can know I'm pretty ignorant. You knew that when you saw me. I really don't honestly know the difference between wine and whiskey and beer. 
My dad was an alcoholic, got saved when I was born, and had I tasted it, he would kill me. So I don't know if a fifth is a fifth of a gallon or if it's a pint. I speak very honestly. I confess I don't know the difference between ale and champagne. So I tell you from the beginning, I don't know much what I'm talking about. I don't know what a hangover feels like, and I don't want to. Getting up on Sunday morning or getting up in the morning is enough challenge to me. I don't want to add anything that will make me feel worse. Sister Spears gets up singing in the morning. I think it runs in the star family. They all sing. I don't even speak in the morning. So I sure couldn't handle a hangover. So I don't know what that's what. So I'm just saying from one angle, this sermon may not make much sense. But I would say from another angle, I have been on a new wine for a number of years. And of that, I have no problems. And I can say about this new wine that it's never caused me to have a DUI. And I have never had to have a designated driver. Now, I, I am not, uh, I clarify, I'm not criticizing those who do. Make it real clear. I'm just saying I haven't had to have a therapist on this new stuff or an AA meeting or any of those things. I can't tell you a lot about the old wine or the regular wine, but I could tell you a whole lot about this new wine and what it has done for me. And I hear that there are some other folks who know what I'm talking about. And I've already told you all I know about that bottle stuff. But about that fountain stuff that flows out of a fountain we drink from. When I leave here today, I will say the half has never been told what it can do for your soul. Now, I would also tell you, I believe they said they're serving today. Is that right? Serving. That's great. Because we're also going to have a free wine testing at the end of this sermon. Pastor didn't know that evangelist is doing that. But we are going to have a free wine testing. And it's not just going to be a little sip like you go to these wineries. But Jesus is going to spread a table. And there's going to be enough new wine that you can drink from to your fill. And you can go home, and, and, and I don't want to be offensive. I would say, if you don't like the stuff, nobody's going to make you come back. I mean, this isn't one of those things that, that, that there's a cover charge, and you're going to have to pay for anything today. But I would say this new wine is free. And, and I told folks that, if you don't like the Holy Ghost, nobody's going to make you keep it. 
if you don't like the joy of the Lord, if it, if it doesn't bring what you're looking for, nobody's going to condemn you. But I just say it's going to be an absolute free wine tasting today. And if you've tried something else, you owe it to yourself to try Jesus. And if you've never drunk from the table of the Lord, I would just invite you sometime today in this sermon, just sort of lift up your hand and say, Jesus, I'd like to try that stuff they're talking about. They seem pretty excited for 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. They seem pretty happy about it. So I would just sort of like to try to find out what this new life is, what this new experience is, what this new wine is all about. I would just tell you, you can try this today and you won't have a fender bender on the way home because of it. You will not get arrested from drinking too much of this. You can drive on, you can drink all you want and still drive home. And it will last you all day and all week and all night and all throughout because this is called, you ever wonder why the Bible calls it the new wine? Simply because there is not a description for what Jesus gives. There are no words that define what he offers. What I found, I just simply say, it's brand new. When I found Jesus, that's the way he was. Now, wine is mentioned about 233 times in the Scripture. Besides strong drink, Besides drunk, just the word wine. 197 times in the Old Testament, 36 times in the New Testament. And while many of those scriptures are warnings uh, of strong drink or, or example of how it costs someone, I want to focus on something John wrote about that he said about this drinking. There, there was this ruler, and he made this feast. And he invited people to come. Now, the villages weren't huge. They were not cities like Jacksonville. But the feasts were in small village, and it was generally an open invitation. Somebody was getting married, sort of like a block party. Okay, block party. Everybody come. If you don't live on the block, you're halfway down the next block. Come on, come on in today. You're You're welcome. You, you, you don't have to be a member or this is, this is sort of like a block party. And it was open invitation. Bringing gifts was not necessary. You didn't have to register for the wedding to bring gifts. You just showed up. There was a lot of free food and there was a lot of wine. And today I would tell you there's a lot of wine in the house. There's a lot of grace. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of acceptance. There's a lot of healing. There's a lot of mercy. It is all absolutely free. And there is no limit to this. Because you see, I'm not really talking about wine. I'm talking about life and life habits and life choices, and life styles, and where it will carry you, and what, well, I don't want to talk about you. Let me talk about what it has done for me, and what it has done for us. It makes a big difference. Now, the ruler of the house, when you were having this block party, you sort of had some secret plans about 
handing out the drink. Because a lot of folks would be there. Some of them were not too interested in the wedding. They just liked the party. I'm not going there. But the point of it is, there would, there would be a big crowd, and the ruler knew the crowd. And this was the protocol. This was the law of the wine. Give out the very best at the beginning. And he said that. Because after they have had the good stuff, after a while, every girl looked pretty. I mean, slipped in there somehow. I mean, everybody looked good after so many. All the singers sounded good after a while. And after they were well drunk, that was as good as it ever got. From then on, it was cheap stuff and cheap stuff. And after a while, you're so hooked on the stuff that you couldn't tell the good from the bad. The more they drank, the less they could judge quality. And after enough drinks, they lost the ability to tell the good from the bad. And the ruler saved money because he gave out the good stuff at the beginning. I'm sorry, Pastor, I'll try to preach tonight. I will. He decided if, if I could just give them the good stuff at the beginning, I'll keep them hooked and they'll live on the cheaper wine. And the crowd didn't even know. But when Jesus takes charge, the ruler said, wait a minute. Something has happened. The law of the wine is you give the crowd the best at the beginning. And then you keep them satisfied with the lesser quality. But this ruler said, the bridegroom. Anybody know about a bridegroom? He said the bridegroom saved the best to the last. And that's the law of the wine. It is this. The old wine right now is as good as it ever gets. It will never get any better if you're living on the old lifestyle. You're at the peak. You're at the top. You're at the best the devil has to offer. And that's what it is, whether it is finances, whether it is success, whether it is friendship, whether it is personal uh, acclaim, esteem, or goal. It's as good right now, my friend, as it will ever get unless you switch to what the bridegroom has to offer. And the opposite is true in that it just keeps on getting better and better and better and better and sweeter and sweeter. The new wine keeps getting better. And as long as a person is on the old life, they're on the old wine, they're on the old party, they're on the old habits, they're on the old style, then, my friend, you're at the peak, you're at the top, and it's as good as it's ever going to get because all hell has to offer. They give you at the very beginning, and they have nothing else to offer. The devil never has any more to offer than what he has already given. But I'm telling you where I'm going, it gets sweeter 
as the days go by, walking with Jesus gets richer. There are more miracles. There are more healings. There are more blessings. Every day he loads me with benefits. Every day gets closer to heaven. The best is yet to come for those who are drinking from the new fountain. The old wine is still getting tasteless and boring, but I'm hearing people say, I'm happier now serving God than I ever have before. The protocol of the old wine is it has already reached its peak, but the drinkers of the new wine, we've just started living. The old wine is the same places, the same heartaches, the same old tears, the same old disappointments. But the, with the new wine, though we may weep during the night, joy comes in the morning. Now, I, I, I want to be very careful. I don't want to be offensive today. I, I just want to say I'm don't, not being critical of your choices. But I do want to tell you, we've been there and done that. We've been where you are, and now we've tried the new. And if you haven't tried the new, you owe it to yourself to try both of them. We walked your path, and I'm sorry, my friend, I don't want to go back there because I've already found out that that was as good as it ever got. But every day with Jesus is a brand new miracle. Every day with Jesus, I have I meet new friends. I meet new people. I have new people that care for me. It's not the same old crowd that let me down. And I would say to you today, I wouldn't take nothing from a journey now. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey day. Now, the worst day of drinking the new wine is better than the best thing the old one had to offer. I've tried the old, and I found out the devil couldn't offer any more. He offered the best he had, but I tried with Jesus, and I found that my cup runneth over. I found that my cup runneth over with love and goodness and hope and faith with the old wine and the old life. Some days were good and that was as good as it ever will get. But with the new wine of the Holy Ghost and the new life of living for God, this is as bad as it's ever going to be. Tomorrow will be better. He will pick you up tomorrow. He will answer your prayer tomorrow. There will be a harvest tomorrow. There will be more grace. There will be more miracles. In fact, the book of Hebrews acknowledged there is pleasure in sin for a season. And my friend, the season is always at the beginning. The, rule, the law of the wine was give them the best at the beginning. And then when they no longer can tell the difference. You know why the world is living on heartache and misery and unhappiness? Because they keep thinking they will go back to the high that they had when they first stepped into sin and experienced sin, not knowing that the devil is just offering cheap thrills, cheap feels, 
cheap opportunities. It's the best the world can offer, and it always goes downhill and downhill and downhill. There are pleasures. There are pleasures in sin at the beginning, but the DUIs add up. The problems get worse. The tears become more because sin can only offer a few more thrills and stronger pills and more dependence and fewer friends. But Psalm 16 said, at the right hand of the Lord, there are pleasures far evermore. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I've been privileged to be preaching this gospel for 60 years next month. I've had the Holy Ghost since I was 12 years old. You can tell by looking at me, I'm 109 almost. And I've found more excitement in serving God now. I find walking with Him greater now. No wonder the writer said, Peter said, we joy with joy unspeakable. When I get through today, if we all stood up here an hour each, the half could not be told in what he has done for us. Went to work one day, an old boy I worked with said, woo, it was a Monday morning. He said, I had a party and a half over the weekend. He said, does anybody know what I did? I don't remember. He said, I must have had a good time. I don't remember one minute of it. My friend, they call that dementia. It was just bottled Alzheimer's all he had. But when I walk out of here, I'm going to look at somebody and say, weren't we blessed? Didn't we have a time? Won't we have a time when we get over yonder? I didn't do anything I regret. I was blessed. I was blessed. And we rejoice with joy unspeakable. And the reason we act like this is because when this new wine was poured out, Peter said, these are not drunk as you suppose. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. You know what Joel said? Joel said the fountain is just going to keep on flowing. The fountain is going to be better. I'm not criticizing the bottle. I'm just saying the fountain is better. Joel said the new wine is going to satisfy. Joel said you just, if there's anybody thirsty here today, you just need another drink. And you'll go out of here. You won't leave here staggering. You'll leave here dancing. You won't leave here with tears in your eyes. You will leave here with joy in your heart. You won't leave here afraid and doubt and fearful and hopeless. You will leave here with hope. And you will leave here with faith. Because the devil has already given his best. And now it's just cheap wine. But the new wine just keeps on getting better and better. Look at this crowd here. They've been out there and walked that old path. But I got, they got up this morning and they said, I like what you said, Brother Cole. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm glad to be in his presence. I love the singing and the worship. I'm refreshed and I'm blessed. And I promise you, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. There are better days ahead. There is a better hope. There is a better resurrection. There is a better home. There is a better celebration again. We have not yet had our 
best. This world has had its best, and it's going downhill. Lives are breaking apart. Homes are breaking apart. Addiction is increasing. But for the child of God drinking this new wine, we have not yet had our best. Oh, incidentally, I would just simply toss this in. The New Testament book that mentions wine more than any other New Testament is the book of Revelation. We just getting started, my friend, because when we get a new body and we... Hey, we get to sit down and eat at the marriage supper of the Lamb for three and a half years and not gain an ounce. Won't that be awesome? We get to have all the chocolate we want, all the steak we want, all the pasta we want, and we get to be in the presence of the Lord without suffering, without heartache, without pain, without great regret, no more sorrow. That's why... What we have now is called just a little taste. It is the earnest of our inheritance. Gives you everything he has to offer at the beginning, and he can never make it any better. But we just have a little taste of our inheritance. When we walk down those streets of gold, when there are no more heartaches, there are no more devils to fight. The promise of what is coming, it's going to get better and better and better. So for every one of us here today, it will either get better or it will get worse. You will not remain at a status quo. And for some folks, it's as good right now as it will ever get. But for the rest of us, I will tell you, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. No No wonder the writer said, I have not seen, ear hath not heard. And I think he meant to add, tongue has not yet tasted the things that God has prepared for them that wait on him. The wedding's coming. Hallelujah. Well, it's about wine tasting time. I'll try to make up for it tonight. But it's, uh, let's have a little music for some wine tasting, can we? Okay, can we have a little music here? Because some folks need another drink this morning. You've had a rough week. You just need to open up and get another drink. Find out the joy of the Lord. No wonder the writer said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So if anybody wants a refill today, if anybody wants to try today, there's no charge. It's better than two for one. It's free for all. It's not a happy hour, it's a happy life. It's not one good day and one weekend hoping for it will be a good time. I'm telling you, this serving God bit is more than we can tell. I wish I had the words to tell you what it's like. I wish I had the description to tell you what it's like to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You remember your first hangover and how bad it was? Remember that first time and how sick you got? Remember that first pill you took and how it about killed you? Well, I want to tell you about the first time when I was 12 years old that I walked into a Sunday morning and God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I have no regret. I have no sorrow. We could all tell you about the first time we found Jesus, when he came into our life, when he made a difference, and it has gotten better, 
and better and better and better. Nobody's forcing us to come here. Nobody's twisting our arms and making us be Pentecostal. Nobody's saying you have to do this. We got up this morning saying, I love living for God. I loved, would you stand right now? I wish somebody would just lift your hand and say, fill me one more time, Lord. Fill me one more time. He's pouring it out right now all across the crowd. The young, the free, the young, the old, the rich, the poor. It gets better and better. Hallelujah. The promise is to you, to your children, that to all that are far off, I promise you this can be the beginning of the best life you've ever lived. It can be a rest- restoration. You can, you can walk into a brand new walk. I wish somebody would just help somebody else and walk down the aisle and, and just stand here, lift up your hand. Come on, help somebody else. Walk down the aisle here. That's right. Come on. Come on, make make it easy. Make it easy for somebody else. And would you join us right now as we come and drink from the fountain of heaven? Come on, join us right now. We're not asking you to join the church. We're not asking you to become a Pentecostal. We're not asking you to become a member. We're just telling you there's something more that Jesus has to offer when you drink from this fountain of living water. Come on, come on. Come on, join us right now. Come on and join us right now. It's absolutely free. It's absolutely free. If you need another drink today, just lift up your hands. Let him feel you again. Come on, right where you are, right where you are. If you're in the front, the middle, around the front, come on. The promise is to you. It's a promise. It's a promise. It's better than a block party. It's heaven's opportunity. There's a wedding about to take place. The best is yet to come. I am changed by the power of your spirit and I live. Just lift your heart. That's all you've got to do. Open up your heart. He'll feel you. Yes. And my soul has been set free. I am not what I used to be, nor am I what I was. That's right. That's right. Let him feel you. Open up your heart, let it flow in.
the power 